Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York, and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists, and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, producer, director, and casting director Liz Ortiz. Her work has been credited on projects that have been seen at places like the Sundance Film Festival, the Toronto Film Festival, HBO, CBS, Showtime, Lifetime, and many more. A lifetime in show business. All you need to know about Liz is the name of her film company is I Ain't Playing Films. A native New Yorker, she brings that fighting spirit to every project she works on. Liz Ortiz. So how are you doing? Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Perfect. So uh, so she, you saw kind of what the deal is. It's kind of like how, how yeah. the nuts and bolts of what you do. Um, and your craft is really fascinating to me because like you saw with Brett, it's like, I don't know what you guys do. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do. And we're all different. I know. Yeah, that's what I've heard. You know, I'm it really, well, I maybe I should just, I should say what I'm going to say for when we're well, actually uh, doing it. We're rolling. So, you know. Okay, cool. You know, let's, let's just get started. Uh, and, let's do it. And, uh, and Liz, I welcome you to this. And you come Thanks. Courtesy, courtesy of one of our guests, um, uh, Brett Goldstein, who's a casting director and performance coach. And you're a casting director and producer yes um, and like i said like we were just talking about uh your your job and your craft me being an actor you know for years i never knew how you guys really operated on the other side of that table so it's fascinating right. to hear um and similarly to the way i talk with her uh ca- casting directors seem to come at that job from all kinds of places some were actors some were managers somewhere you know like it's it's not one of these sort of direct line jobs right um where did you come into it how did you uh, what what's your sort of background did you were you into performance as a kid were you into show business where what was your thing yeah well um all of those things so <laughs> i very fortunate to have had parents insane enough to raise their family in Manhattan and saw my, and I'm so grateful, and saw my first Broadway show at about seven, I think. What was it? Filler on the Roof. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what they're doing, but I am obsessed with this world. So uh, just being exposed to the arts my whole life. And then as a child, um, had taken acting classes um, at school and camp after school and um, was represented as a child performer for like 10 minutes. And then, <laughs> and then when I uh, shifted into um, college, still thinking that I was going to um, be a, an, an actor, but then I got exposed to directing and I thought, I know how to do this. I just have these amazing uh, instincts that so were beginning say, to emerge. So when you say you get exposed to directing, what, what was that? How did, what did that happen? There? Meaning that um, from uh, taking an elective class, you would have, uh, you know, an assignment to, to direct a piece or what have you. Right. So that sort of got it going. And then I, um, I got so into it that I actually directed an experiment, experimental piece and then I was really hooked. So I thought in my um, 
early 20s that I was going, going to go on that track specifically As, in the theater or were you were you the theater I, I yes yes um and i and i really thought that 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 was the journey um at the same time to support myself while i was in school i was uh, a floater for the schubert organization and i was a floater a charrette so i so Back right after the Civil War, I <laughs> I got had the immense pleasure of that was my college job, and right. I did it for like eight years, and it was it was great to Expl- just sort of explain see. for folks what that is, what, what that what that whole okay. Thing was. So what it was was that I was very lucky um, to know somebody who was part of the Tenth Avenue Westie crew, and that. That is such a like native New York thing. So you know, such a native New York thing where there's there is just like this dynasty of uh, families, mm-hmm. and it's and, and it's a club. They don't want any outsiders. It's like show business, actually. Yeah, and but if you're lucky enough that you know someone takes you under their wing and, and you're able to jump this turnstile or go through the back door of the fire escape, and that's how I got into this business. The same philosophy. I'm a thug. I'm an old thug, but I'm still a thug. That scrappiness um, afforded me this amazing magical opportunity. So I got in, then I joined the union, and I was a sub. And the thing is, I just was made sure that I was available to jump in so that I could be uh, the solution, not the problem. Yeah. I could show up, and, that, and I say that to actors for decades now. All of us, be the solution, not the problem. Right. And that will cut you, the bullshit with your career in half. Right. If you just get out of thinking about like what you need right. and <laughs> right. your feelings um, and get right in there. So I was very fortunate that I went, f- I was floating from theater to theater. So like a Wednesday matinee, I could be, uh, you know, at a musical and at night I could be uh, hmm. watching a uh, some incredible dramatic piece and get paid for it yeah. and th- so I got exposed to that world and also a lot of the uh, behind the scenes so I did that for about seven eight years and while I was working at the theater a uh, friend of mine who is a brilliant composer but also his side gig was to work in the theater he said you know i have a friend of mine he's he's going out to la for business he's a manager and they need somebody to answer the phone i think you'd be great so wow so so, so you're gonna go you you got this cool uh, uh thing you're doing and you're gonna go to la to answer the phone for the manager no 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 they went to la <laughs> oh, okay. and i was gonna sit no the office was in tribeca you, before right. tribeca turned into tribeca uh, right, it was yeah. i was on the, it was turning but it wasn't quite it was still cool so <laughs> And <laughs> not the Tribeca that people think is right. whatever. Anyway, how I think it's going to get back there now. <laughs> Things will. Well, you know what? All the people. Let me just sidebar yeah. for all the people that they that they left. Right. I'm like, don't come back. Exactly. Don't exactly. come back. That's right. And I feel this city has been so loyal to me. Right. Hey, uh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna give up on you now. You need no, a no, 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 no. You need a, a a detoxification every now and then, a little cleanse. <laughs> so this it's... is what every native listen for every native New Yorker. I say you got to leave it so you can come back and fall. It's like that lover that you just <laughs> right. You can't. No matter what, you right. always forgive them. And like a you fam- always kiss and make up. And like a family member, only we can say bad things about 
Our that's family. right. <laughs> you can, don't be, else, yeah, don't be, right. I will cut a bitch. Don't, <laughs> that's right. don't exactly. So they were going to LA for like, uh, I think like three months or something. Fast forward a year later, I was, uh, I became, I was a manager. A year later, I, they were just doing um, music acts. Right. I bought an actors. I was, uh, yeah. And then, and then they said, well, you know what? We want to open up an agency in LA. We want you to open it. So, right. and I'm still in my twenties. Wow. I'm like, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's crazy. So now are, are at that point, that's, that's a shift in headspace, right? I mean, you're a performer. Right. And now you're. I didn't, well, I got into directing. So right. then I realized, like, like discovering my instinct for directing, what be- became activated. I'm a hell of a business person. Ah, okay. So, also, like, when little girls were playing house, I was playing office. No lie. <laughs> okay, cool. I was play, always playing office. Oh, right. So, all these, these dormant gifts by just being open right. and saying yes, I'm like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, why not? kind of led me to discovering like wow like what i'm really good at and what I, what i'm passionate about and i found like i was much more uh I, I felt much more satisfaction behind the scenes interesting and it really was my gang initiation to the business living in a life for two years now before we get into that yes. what what do you think that is what do you think that that taste for that behind the scenes what what about that was mm. what is it for you that did that well for me and and it activated what i'm so passionate about all these years later where i adore the art of collaboration mm. i adore supporting people and their vision mm. if it's a story worth telling right. and i feel that all of us whatever um whether we're in front of the camera, behind the camera, on stage, backstage, we're all storytellers. We, we, we are all contributing to that goal of telling that story that is so important. So for me, like if I'm approached about a project, I don't even want to talk about the budget. I need to, I, it's about the writing first. Right. Uh, this is, this is not a gig to come in like, I'm going to make so much money. No, no. Cause right. I'll be an accountant. I'll do a lawyer, whatever, shrink, whatever. No. So it really has to be about that. But I discovered I really, I I just love the satisfaction of the joy of helping somebody get closer to these magnificent dreams. L.A. jaded me to no end. Was it? Now, it yeah, you said it, this it, is it, your t- gang it, initiation. It, it, <laughs> it, yeah, I was there for two years. And let me tell you this. When I came back to New York, well, they wanted me to... Um, the, the there was a, a couple silent partners and one partner I adore and we're still um, doing things together um, uh, through a different lens right now which is beautiful so not her but this other silent partner uh, wanted to practice business in a way that I felt was in my opinion a little unethical okay. and I was just so burnt out and I was young and it, it, it was just trying on an outfit that was way too big, too ill-fitting for me. But I learned so much. And also LA is another planet, the it's way New York is. Completely different, right? Listen, they were like, you're talking too fast. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're Latina, but you're so articulate. Thank oh you so my much. God. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, I, oh people would comment on my art. You speak Mexican? Yeah. Oh I, I have heard it all. But... 
I'm a scrappy New Yorker, right. and the second I got off that plane, I went to Ninth Avenue and I French kissed the first homeless person. I was like, I'm home. <laughs> I am home. So, so let, me, let me stop you right there. So you were a manager out there. Right? I was a manager out in LA. What is what is a explain the because we're going to get into well, the, actually, agents and casting sorry, directors. Yeah. I was a manager in New York, and then that that office wanted to open up uh, an agency. So I actually learned how to be a manager and then I learned how to be a SAG equity and AFTRA back then because it was separate back then, uh, franchised agent. Talent agent. Talent agent. Okay, so so explain a little bit of the job of what those kind of people do because it's it's different than the casting director part of it for people to understand. Completely different. The the Twitter version is... (laughs) When you are a talent rep, a manager, or an agent, you're selling. When you're a casting person or a producer, you're buying. Okay, cool. That's really that's really what what it comes down to. And we're coming from two different objectives. As a casting person, I want to give the most creative, intelligent options that my clients are embracing to help tell whatever story it is that they want to tell. Right. Um, as an agent or a manager. Uh, you see a dollar sign on feet. Right. So once once taken the offer, one's making the offer. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Exactly. To be to be succinct. Right. All right. right. So you get back to New York. You're back. I get home. back to New York. Yeah. I, and I'm like a bird with two busted wings, but I'm, <laughs> I'm but I'm in New York and it's all good. And uh, shortly after that. I got back into directing. I think I was so, I, I needed a cleansing after being in LA for two years right. that I just got back into everything about the business in New York that meant something to me before I got into this behind the scenes business track. So I got a job um, as the director of special events for the Dramatist Guild. Mm. And that was everything because this is the um, professional um, organization of composers, lyricists, and playwrights. Okay. So back then, Ed, it would be no, no big deal. Edward Albee is here. Or Terrence McNally is here. Or let me get cookies be, for from uh, uh, Pozo's on Ninth Avenue for Betty Comden because she's wow. coming. So it was just this magnificent, uh, incredible experience, and I really got back to my roots that started in childhood. And with probably, a, probably really serving that collaboration need and urge yes yeah and it was it was a magical time and and now they're i think in 1401 broadway but back then we were in the penthouse at the sardis building that was our (laughs) office and that was jj schubert's apartment wow so it was amazing and they would have like these these incredible salons these beautiful rooms where we'd host events or there uh, there would be presentations or we could use these beautiful rooms to rehearse. So I directed play after play after play after play. What kind of stuff uh, were you doing? What kind of what kind really, of really well this is very interesting because it kind of ties into what I what I'm doing today. So again, very interesting uh, work about marginalized voices. Right. So I would be approached by uh, through my connections of the Dramatist Guild, um, our members were mostly playwrights, mm. right? So as the director of special events, I mean, we had these evenings, like an evening with Candor and Ev. I'm like, bitch, I am. <laughs> so uh, it, it was it was such a magnificent, magical time. So with uh, getting to know the members well and cultivating alliances and, and relationships, uh, we would get to know each other. They would see that I had this this kind of interesting take on 
uh, interpreting their material or getting what they wanted to bring across and knowing that I had a passion for the stage and directing. Well, let me, let me, let me yeah. go deeper into this uh, tangent here because I, I saw, obviously I know you're a casting director and I saw the producing stuff you do and the backgrounds of talent agent stuff, but I didn't know too much about the directing part. It's, of it. Well, yeah, I don't really broadcast that. Right. That, that, that was like my foundation. So um, what kind of, what kind of uh, spaces and pieces and like how, where are you getting to do your stuff and, and how are you staging your stuff? Like what, where did you get to, was it small black box type things? Was it bigger? Where, where did you get to do this? Yeah, stuff? it was, it was, I, um, it was mostly um, black box or maybe a step above that. Right. A couple of things um, regionally, mm-hmm. but what I made a very conscious decision because um while I was at the Dramatist Guild and I was, some of my work was being presented, I, I had something done at New Dramatist. I had something done at um, MCC. There were like some pretty cool places here sure. and there. Um, I got recruited by an organization which is no longer called the Non-Traditional Casting Project. Right, right. And that is... Uh, an organization back then, a not-for-profit, that was an advocacy to promote inclusion before inclusion. And, and I don't, I hate the word inclusion. I hate the word diversity right, because right. it's like, I've been doing this shit before. It's cool. And now <laughs> it's right. cool. I'm like, but we'll get into that in a second. Yes. Cause I, I have my own term that some chick named Molly is going to appropriate, but I'll get into okay, that in a second. I definitely okay. Whatever. Okay. So they had seen a play that I had, um, directed called Waiting Women, and it was written by a playwright named Sylvia Gonzalez, who was a member of New Dramatists. And they had seen that, and I think we had a cast of like 14 women of color. Mm. And it was also a period place. Now, it took place through... Just yes. for context, when is... The, what year is... The, what, what, do you oh, my God. This is... Uh, late 90s okay so way ahead of this whole yeah curve. i've been yeah. talking about this shit since before yes <laughs> since the right. late 90s right yeah okay. late 90s yes late 90s you're right and and they uh recruited me to uh manage their uh talent database and to be um a mediator between um producers and casting directors and the talent database. And that's when I got exposed to PWDs and that stands for performers with disabilities. And I've been a big advocate of that Hmm. for at, at, at the same time. And I actually wrote, directed and produced a documentary that won some awards. Thank you. (laughs) That, that is called and seen S E E N. And that challenges mainstream, uh, mainstream perceptions about disability within entertainment. Because okay. I was so sick of banging this pot at my window before COVID, banging my pot like, hello, pay attention, pay attention. And I realized I had to do something more. And I challenged myself to so, make this film. So let me ask you this question. Uh, uh-huh. we'll, we'll, we'll dive deeper into this part of it because this is a big theme uh, throughout your career as well is yep. – is this sort of, I'll use the bad word, diversity before it was diversity. Right. Um, what do you, was that, first of all, what's your background? You're, you're, you said Lat- Latino? Yeah, I'm half, I'm half Colombian, Colombian, half Panamanian, so don't cross me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm Sicilian, so it's a bad combo. I, so. I, I know you're my, you're my second cousin, that's twice right. removed. That's right. right, right. The knives come out when when problems happen. All day. Yeah, when uh, we say hello. Right, exactly. But so was this was this something you think all the way from childhood and family background? Was it something you maybe saw in in those jaded days in L.A. where you're like, this is some bullshit here. You know, some people aren't being hurt. Like, where does that passion for that part of it come from? It was a, a combination of knowing who's out there in the world mm. and noticing at a very young age the lack of representation. So now I'm going to go into my word that people are going to appropriate. So I always, I'm very obnoxious about this. I'm like, I came up with this like three years ago. Okay. Forget diversity, forget inclusion. I call it reflective casting. Okay. Yeah. Let's right. reflect what's outside the window. Right. And then let's reflect why we got to think about it. Right, right, right. I think it's really, really, really simple. Absolutely. That's it. So it, it was that. It was certainly my experience in, in L.A. I think, although there's there's a, such a melting pot right. in L.A., but it's so spread out. Like New York, it's like we're forced to be in each other. Well, now COVID. Right. But, you know, we're yeah. we're traditionally forced to be in in each other's faces or at a safe distance. LA, but, everybody's driving in their car and Yeah, it's a very it's a yeah. It, yeah, and it's a very self kind of reflective or self-contained rather right. um, type of living and that's that I'm not mad at you for that. That's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I'd rather just see the, the just be exposed to the spectrum of the landscape and I think it really became activated during my time at the non-traditional casting project where advocacy was, was part of the job. So, so I was, so what you were doing was you were the liaison between them and the, and the creatives and the talent agents right, and the, whatever, and the decision makers, to, to right. hopefully get people who aren't seen. Yeah. Seen, right. Okay. So yeah, we would, we would get calls from the public theater. We get calls from EST. We get calls from all, all you know, networks. Um, and quite often it, it was, because the casting directors didn't have the access or they we were a, a source for them. Right. So a lot of people thought I was a casting director, <laughs> you know, and the name, isn't that funny? Yeah. And so the name, Non-Traditional Casting Project, confused, I, I don't think it was a name that really served them. It, right. it confused people. And then subsequently after I left, they changed the name to Alliance for Inclusion in the Arts, right. which is a much more, I think, um, adequate name mm. and then they um dissolved i don't know i want to say like maybe two or three years ago okay. so there is a, a a lack of a an organization um to be an umbrella organization well i'm, cur I'm curious that. i want to i want to see what your thoughts are on first at that time that time in in space right what the conversations were like, I mean, I, I imagine when inquiries came your way and people were look, they said the wrong things and asked the wrong things all we're day. We're looking for cripples. <laughs> oh Do you have any God. retarded people? Oh my God. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. How about a midget? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so those, those who, <laughs> that's terrible. It's true. But, but those who know me, those who know me well, like, or they will, or people or my colleagues will come to me like, okay, so what's the language now? And I'm like, okay, yeah. And, and, and the thing is, I'm not one to dance around anything. I like to strip things down to their core. We're, we're looking for actors, right? We're looking for storytellers, Yeah. you know, and I've had to correct, you know, many a client, 
uh, or colleague and not to admonish them, but to educate them. Sure. You know, but not to walk on eggshells. It's like um, there is this marginalization and I feel unconsciously is is like a survival of the fittest thing. So unless you have a direct experience of disability in your own life, direct personal experience, you're going to get back to this Dickensian mm-hmm. thing that you just want to put them in a in a right. in a, a invalid work, house, a workhouse, yeah, right. a workhouse, an invalid house, a, 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 a concentration camp. Right. And as a matter of fact, there's a, a filmmaker that I was on a panel with, and she did this brilliant um, film called the disabled core the, no the invalid core and this was a core of the, a branch of the army during the civil war and these were soldiers with disabilities that were caused by the war wow and the different jobs they had like they'd be security guards sure. or they'd help in the hospital whatever so just the word invalid <laughs> right right you are not valid because you got jacked up right right and that and that that baseline that unconscious uh you know you're it's survival of the fittest so you're going to be it's going to be repellent to you right right so we're dealing with dna we're dealing with programming we're dealing with how the brain works so i'm not here to police people i'm not here to um tippy toe around them and to make sure that we're being politically correct and all that bullshit right I'm here to do a job, right, get the job and done. to give talented actors, and I don't care if you're in a wheelchair or you're three feet six, you right. better have some chops. Right, right. Now, I'm curious, what did the the talent you were dealing with, the, the marginalized right. uh, folks who did, weren't getting these chances, when they were getting these chances, what was what was the feedback you got for like, what were they like, well, at last, you know, or, or like, good, you know, like, what was the, were you getting... Yeah, uh, people were like, I, "Oh, this what the my favorite response." And I got it a uh, I got it a lot, and I still get it to this day because as a casting person, if I see a creative window where I can introduce, including in the submission pool, to to bring to to the client, I one of my favorite responses is, "Wow, that is so interesting and so creative. That never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Or you taught me something." Right. And my second favorite response is, why not? Right. You know, where I have a director that's really open and really cool, and I could say, oh, I know this amazing. Well, I'll tell you what, because of the way things have gone, just my personal experience, um, you know, you don't realize how deep it gets into the whole kind of zeitgeist of everything. That's right. I, I wrote a screenplay last year, and as I'm writing it, in my mind, I'm writing blah, 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 and I'm like... Well, no, I I don't have that doesn't have to be a guy. Right. That doesn't have to be a this that but I would have never thought that, you know, 10 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? So so something right. has shifted underneath that's a good thing. You know, that's a It's re- an it's an excellent thing and I also feel if a casting director does this with the light touch meaning we're going to honor your vision, we have discussed it, you see that I get what the intention of your text and what story and points you want to bring across. I also think it's the responsibility of the casting director to introduce creative variations 
of, of an idea or of a particular character. So I'm going to honor yeah. and I'm going to bring in what you're looking for, but I'm going to have a few wild cards in my back pocket. And I've seen it time and time again, like, oh my God, this trans person sh- sh- could so play this role or this black woman could so play this role that was written for a white man. Now I'm not trying to right. uh, disrupt, the, uh, you know, what you have going on. I'm just showing you another another layer that supports your narrative. Now we're going to get to uh, the the career part of where you really become a casting director, but just on that point, mm-hmm. um, that is the talent. That is the thing that you guys do that right. is worth the dollars is here's my breakdown. Here's my cast right. list. Uh, help me. I'm thinking this, this, and this, and you guys come back with, well, what about this, this, and this? And exactly. it's like, where did that come from? So right. Is that something you develop or does that, or do you have that? Is that something you just have where you, you like, you have a Rolodex in your head of, well, that could be this. And I know exactly who that is. Or how does that develop over time? I think over, over time, we're wired to have such great memories Mm. and to recognize, uh, actors that are the, the whole package. They're, they're talented, they're professional, they're prepared, they're fun, we enjoy we we enjoy being in the room with them. We know that if they're on set or they're at the theater, that it's going to be a pleasure for the the team that they're going to be uh, collaborating with. So I I think that happens over time. Okay. Um, that it's just you just get into your zone and you you have a certain every casting person I feel ha- has their own sort of process, and I deal with conventional and unconventional sources. I just don't stick to one sort of uh, formula, but I have a process to streamline it um, because I will look at every single submission. Okay. So so talk about that process. First of all, um, let's, let's get you into the casting world. Let's, yeah, uh, I'm on the verge actually from where we left off. I'm I'm almost there. So let's get you there. Yeah. So when I was at, so they, they thought because it was called non-traditional casting project that I was casting director. So I was uh, asked to uh, cast a project for National Geographic, and I'm like, oh, hmm. (laughs) So I kind of had an affair with, meaning with having a side piece of, (laughs) right, had a little side piece, and I said, okay. And I also knew, too, under the confines of a not-for-profit with a lot of directives and uh, uh, very affluent board members and a lot of um, just a, a lot of red tape and a lot of bullshit. I'm like, you know what? I I hit the ceiling here. I'm, I'm and I want to continue to explore maybe st- starting this as a business. And maybe I can still direct and let's kind of see what happens. Mm. And then I realized with the directing, although I still will direct on occasion, but I made the decision because I got to see over those years at the Dramatist Guild and then at non-traditional casting, I kind of saw the the theater mafia and how it worked. (laughs) I really got to see who made the decisions and how elitist it was. Who made the decisions? What? Who made the decisions? <laughs> Different hierarchy there. Yeah, yeah. And 
and just in seeing uh, there was a handful of female uh, Hispanic directors and I saw what they went through and there weren't many there's there were like three mm. and I still think there's like three same three <laughs> right. that are still hustling God bless and I found there was such satisfaction with again discovering like I really love helping people get toward their dreams so so if I was recommending somebody from the database and non-traditional casting and then they booked it or their life changed because they had a lead in a film that they wouldn't have had otherwise or that I got to advocate for someone I'll tell you a quick story so there was somebody who was um, in a big blockbuster film and she's a partial limb amputee so she has part of her part of her right arm beautiful amazing actor so they hired her to be um in a before and after scene so before a a bomb went off so she's there with her prosthetic arm and her little outfit she played a a corporate person and then boom there's the bomb and then cut to now we see her and we see her her stuff right production now we're talking a big blockbuster if i said the name you would know i'm not gonna say name right big blockbuster movie they wanted to just pay her as an extra why because she was background wow so what i did i went to sag i put up a stink sure i i got her upgraded and that's how she got her sag card so i found such sad more satisfaction than trying to appease this Mafia, I'll, I'll say this, they all wear bow ties and they all wish they came on the Mayflower, but they didn't. Okay, you, okay, you know who I'm talking about. There's like eight of them. We're done. Right. right. So I found this has more visceral meaning sure. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I... So that's a, that's a real yeah. theme for you is this, and I think for a lot of casting directors, the really good ones I'm discovering, it's the, the advocate, the real yeah. like... Look, you know, like like in another world, in another life, you'd be, you know, the 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 defense attorney, the public defender, you know, you know, exactly. (laughs) Right. 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 So I decided like I could take that risk. Hmm. And in the shower, I came up with the with the name between shampoo and conditioner. (laughs) And I came up with the name Casting Solutions. Nice. And that was uh, my little shop. And what, what, year, what time period are we talking about here? This is now, we're going into, I guess, early 2000s. Okay. So yeah. I, I was probably past sending out the labels to you guys by then. So. Right. <laughs> and that was when the, I used to have to tip the mailman like really well during Christmas because I would get the stuff. Everything was still, sure. you know, right. we, we were starting to do things with email and stuff, but it was still very much right. the old school way of of doing business and I all those people still associate me with casting uh, solutions my whole umbrella now goes under I ain't playing films I know I like that right which is like if you can't if you can't get past the name I'm not your girl so it's it's a time saver I ain't playing I ain't playing because I'm like, yeah, I ain't playing. And that's something I used to say all the time to like my kids I ain't playing I ain't (laughs) so it just perfect stuck and i'm like this is this is a name and it's really funny because i've gone to screenings of films that i've worked on and it always gets a laugh when they see it when, when, <laughs> when they when they when they see the title card and they say in association with or, what, or whatever right. it always gets a laugh i'm like okay people are laughing it's cute that's good 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, still always uh, casting, and it was a much broader spectrum because so did you did you have yourself a little office did you open yeah i did i i did uh for a few years all that stuff and 29th street i was i had an office that i rented out of a theatrical hair studio that my girlfriend owned (laughs) and she was one of the key hair people for the soprano so that was really so that was really so it was a really kind of magical magical time where all these cool people would would come in and they would make wigs for broadway shows or for the sopranos or whatever and then i had my little office in the front that's cool so it was it was a lot of fun but i would i would cast out of all the different studios what's the first what's the first project under that title where it's your gig that it, that you get where where somebody the first one yeah. yeah the first one was a uh corporate a corporate video for uh i think they were called i think for summit bank okay. which is a bank in jersey all right yeah that was the first yeah Insane. and i did commercials and all that and then i and then over time i just was so passionate about casting uh theater and film that the corporate i mean i did it for many years but industrials commercials um it just really wasn't my uh (laughs) cup of tea in terms of who i was working with but of course you know i'm hustling and you know just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean i'm not going to do the gig and do it well let's talk about the process of of how you do what you do so now you're 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 explain kind of how it works um back then i guess it's, it might be a little different now but you get a project that comes in or you or you get in breakdowns on a uh, you know uh, online or a, you know back then a fax or i mean and then what happens i mean do you have a file cabinet of stuff or or you, what what do you do how do you do what you do well what typically and it really hasn't changed too much from the, the difference is now, because I've been in it for over 20 years, is that pe- people know me. Sure. Yay. And <laughs> so now I don't have to hustle as much because it's referral and repeat business, uh, thankfully. But I think I earned that. Sure. Um, yeah. But regardless, is I will be, uh, appro- I will be approached and I, then I... Uh, usually have a conversation and I feel like the intake nurse at the emergency room with my clipboard. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, and because so much of it is uh, micro-budget art-based indies, right. every, it really has to be worth it because I know I'm going to be in the trenches. Yeah, because that is, that's all like making lists and, you know, s- tough tiny, a lot of work. tiny little offers that you got to entice who's you know so it's strategy and and that's kind of how the how the producing thing sort of came to came to light so as i was getting more legit work and then i could sort of not focus on the corporate stuff right mm-hmm. so let's say that's about 2008 ish where i'm like okay um and then theater companies were going out of business, and that mm. broke my heart because I was the resident casting director for um, Stanford Theater Works, and right. we yeah, got they the, went out the, like two thousand eight or something, right? They went out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I and I cast for them for about seven seven years. So mm. I cast like maybe 
70 shows for them or something crazy right. which is so every six weeks i was casting a play with like wow. and having access to like the most amazing new york talent and then that talent pool i could bring in sure for the film stuff so it it, it really was so let me magical. ask you this i'm gonna yeah. I, I i take these little detours every now and then when i hear something so yeah i asked this of brett when we talked uh -huh. the difference between casting for film and television indie film and television and the theater right is it is there a difference yeah, basically, theater is like this, film is like that. Right. But I mean, your job, is is your job, many, it's pretty much... I, I think it's pretty much that I approach everything pretty much with the same gotcha. passion and intent. And then the thing is, Brett and I, how we got, got to know each other is that a lot of times we used to cast like next, next door to each other. <laughs> so she'd be casting for a, a theater in D.C. or right. wherever, and I'd be casting for... And we'd be like neighbors. <laughs> And then we became fast friends cool. over these over these many years. But that but that's how we got to become friends and know each other. But the, I think the process is pretty much universal. I have to see if I connect with the material. I have to see if I can serve the project. Right. I have to see if this is something that I would feel comfortable in presenting to actors and their represent. So all of the okay, the human centipede. Why is she bringing that up? Yeah, where are we going now? Okay, I'm going to tell you where we're going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, just, just roll with me here. Perfect example. So I got approached to cast The Human Centipede, which is a really, it's a cult. They made sequels. It's they a cult sure classic. There's some... Strange. There's some twist, twisted people out in these streets, and but for, whatever. for people who don't know, it's exactly what the title suggests. It's a bunch of people kind of... Doing things. Doing things Sweet. locked together. And, and they're fused they're together fused by this together. mad scientist. <laughs> right. So I don't remember where the, what country. It was some, <laughs> I think Eastern European. I don't remember where he was from. Right. And this man is trying to convince me. <laughs> and I think on page eight, the script literally combusted into flames. Oh, I mean, just oh, I, on page eight, yeah. I'm like, I can, no. <laughs> so so we have this call and I'm like, yo, uh, this is this is straight out porn. He goes, It's erotica. I'm like, okay. <laughs> erotica. All right, okay, okay. And and listen, you made your money and right. you know, it's a cult right. scary kind of classic. But that's a perfect example of I am not doing a gig just because it's a gig. Right. Now I have said no many times. Now let me ask you this, uh, because again, Everybody has their preferences. Um, what are the types of store? I mean, aside from just the, you know, the underserved sort of uh, right. characters, what are the types of, what's the, what's the genres that you like? I mean, are you a rom-com thing? Are you a heavy duty drama thing? Like, like if somebody gives you that script to work on, you're like, oh, here we go. I'm in on this shit right yeah. here. What, is, uh, what do you like? I've been do? very, I've been very fortunate that, most of the projects that I've been approached to work on have had some profound transformation. Okay. Um, some profound arc that you come out of it different than how you started. Mm. And also I've worked with um, the same filmmakers over and over so that or writer directors, so that's sort of their their theme. Right. But it's it's about 
overcoming and learning about yourself, self-discovery. Mm. I would say self-discovery would be a, a, a big theme. I'm, but in terms of preferred genre, I'm, I, I love it all. I just like really good writing and really smart people. Right. Right. So I'm a sapiosexual when it comes to absolutely material. Absolutely. All, all yeah. about this. It's all about that. Yeah. So all yeah, about that, it. All that's about cool. it. Yeah. Because I come from the school of uh, you know as far as directing and filmmaking and, and writing, it's you know the plot doesn't really uh, juice me up. Uh, it's cool if you got some interesting, fun characters and twists and turns. Right. But what's the, what are you trying to say? What's the story exactly? Underneath it? Yeah. What what am I what am I learning that I didn't quite understand before this? Right. Right. Yeah. So as so as a casting director, what are some of the things uh, that um, that what are your highlights where you're like, oh, that was that was cool. That was fun to work on. Like you said, you work with a lot of the same filmmakers uh, along the way. But what what are some of the ones you really love? I would say uh, a recent highlight and a semi recent highlight. So the semi recent highlight was working on this beautiful film called Advantageous. Which That's the won, uh, it's like a sci-fi. Sci-fi, thing. yeah. It, it won uh, it won an award at Sundance. Asian and director. It's on right. Netflix. Right, female yeah. Asian director. Female, yeah. Jennifer Fong, who's um, Asian American um, filmmaker, who's such a genius, and I'm so happy for her because that really launched her career. So she's mm. out in LA directing a lot of TV. That that was a, a, a highlight because it was such a low budget and it looked like it cost a fortune. Mm. And it was a dystopian tale that when I read it, I'm like, this shit could be, this shit could happen. Like when you see Handmaid's Tale, you're like, yes. this shit is tomorrow. That's right. Or 10 minutes from now. Right. Or last week. <laughs> last week. Right, right, right. Which, the other day. Yeah. Right, right. So. Early January. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that really had, it was like a cautionary tale of right. what could be. And uh, most recently, it's. Uh, I think it maybe it's in post now. I don't know. At the end of the year, I cast a pilot for an animated series mm. that I was originally going to be live action, but because of COVID, they wow. transformed it. That's a complete to, left turn on production. And it's a. I think it really lends itself more to animation. So to when did you? Wh at what? That's interesting. At what? At what point did, were you the casting director when it was live action first? When they decided to be, when they decided that it was going to be um, oh, animation. When they turned the so how does that? Yeah, it, what is that? Is that like voice casting? Like how do you? It was yeah, it, and and, that, and the beautiful thing about that was I was able to put it out there across the whole country sure. because we were going to um, well they were going to record it, it segments remotely so. Mm. And that was amazing. So I really got to cast the net far and wide. And I also got to include uh, a few uh, candidates that are actors with disabilities. Right. And it's because it's blind casting. Right. And that was amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this, is, about, about this project. Is and that a different, is that a different uh, skill set for you? Like, in other words, when you're casting, sometimes you think in type or 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 you know uh presence visual presence but an animated thing I, I you know i hadn't even thought of that what i mean somebody else could answer this totally different but in my opinion no same thing huh? okay same thing same thing cool yeah if you can deliver it with how you how you look and you could deliver it with your voice and vice versa hmm. so it, it 
what was great was that I had more freedom. Right. I had because we weren't restricted on how somebody looked. Right. But what's interesting is if you looked at the cast, oh, I didn't even realize this. They could play. They could play it if it was live action. <laughs> okay. They all look like they could play. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. That's, and uh, that's, uh, that's coming out at the end of the year where they're in post or something. I mean, they're, I guess they're working on the animatic now. Wow. That's yeah. Neat. That's neat. Yeah. So, but we did that right at the end of the year. So at what point in your, because now you've shifted somewhere along the line where you become a producer. Where does this happen? Well, I'm going to go back to what I was saying Absolutely. before. Do so it. about 2008, 2009. So theater companies were going out of business. We had the economic, you know, bullshit. Everything fell apart. Yeah. And when I was approached to, to cast, it's just my nature to be scrappy and be resourceful. And as I was talking to this uh, this director, they're like, "You should, uh, you should come on board as a co-producer on this." I'm like, "I'm a hybrid. I'm a Prius. Let's go." <laughs> so then, then I was uh, kind of offering that. So for less than what you would pay for both right. roles together, you could get to, you can get sort of two and one. It's a deal. It's a two. And everybody, it's hello. Who doesn't like a deal? <laughs> right. Hello. Right. Right. So that's kind of how it how it started. But I was sort of doing that by default anyway, right. because again, I'm about how do we solve the problem, you know? And 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 being here most of my entire life, except for two traumatic years in <laughs> LA and one year at school in Boston. Um, that's just that. That's how we're wired. Like, so, how can we help? Who do I know? So let's explain to folks because there is a people get confused as to what. <laughs> producers do well, a lot of people it's different for everybody say they're yeah it's a, it's it's a lot of different stuff involved in that job depending yeah. on the project or the venue or the everything you know, whatever so what were the kinds of things as a problem solver and a a, a manager of the ship were you doing right. what kind of things that you were right doing? so it would either be um how we would strategize to to get a name but through the back door Instead, you know, instead of not in a less linear casting director sort of way. So it kind of benefited that I was coming in, you know, under the guise of being the casting director, but I'm operating as a producer, but they don't know it. Right, right, right. Type of things like that. Or uh, my least favorite part is strategizing with funding, Mm -hmm. you know, the money part, although I, I have found ways to to navigate around that it's not my favorite thing to do but it's part of the, it's part of the job right. uh or it would be resources for for crew where mm. you you know so many amazing brilliant people or they know people so just tapping into your resources your alliances your scrappiness um strategize I, I think a lot of it would be strategizing how to uh streamline and simplify a way to get what we what we need how many laws can we break without getting in trouble <laughs> right. so they, yeah just whatever needed what whatever needed support and uh just common sense i'm really good at talking people off the ledge so right. it just yeah right. it just really depends every every director every production team is going to be a little bit different but i think the overall general response would be 
coming up with creative strategies as to how to solve right. a particular challenge yeah, or how to you, overcome an obstacle. You're, you're, you're part therapist for the artist. You're part, yep. uh, you're PT Barnum for the talent. Right. You're, you know, you're doing all kinds, you're, you know, JP Morgan for the financing. You're, you got all right. these different hats you got to do. Right. And I'm curious because a lot of the projects uh, end up being small sometimes. So, Right. Um, you got to get creative uh, financially. So creative. Where are some of these folks getting, you because know, I've had to do it where it's like all angels, you know, it's like whoever you can just, oh, yeah. whoever's going to write a check, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's really, that's the world yeah. you're in at that point, right? Right, right. So there, you know, there are ways like exploring fiscal sponsorship and being very strategic about that. And then like, uh, I mean, I don't know how it's working now because now it's a fucking shit show. But with like a New York Foundation for the Arts, I think they're a wonderful fiscal sponsor because you get a lot of ancillary support. And if you have um, a a grant Mm. that you want them to review and uh, support you with making sure that it's the best kind of grant, you can get services like that. Do they still have the, the tax credit they did there for a while here where they brought everything back? I don't know if he kept. I don't know if they kept. That. Um, I don't think so. No, because that really brought everything back here for a while. Everything suddenly came back. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't right. know. I don't know what's going on. Um. Right. I don't know. But that and uh, I did get a. I, I did successfully get a grant through working with them, which yeah. was right. like hitting the lotto. But a lot of it is like, where's your scratch off? You just. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but there, yeah, that also uh, really creative uh, fundraisers uh, going, you know, direct appeal mm. to certain people. So being very methodical and intelligent, and you, and very strategic about your timing, because I feel you have one opportunity to ask one time. Ah. Uh. Interesting. You know, and then you're like, oh, we need finishing. St- oh, we have stretch. This, this. I'm like, come on. Yeah, so, the, right. so, so it, it's a, it, it's a very kind of elegant process to, to navigate it gingerly. So was this something that you, uh, learned on the fly? Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's not, it's not like, you know, you had some sort of mentorship of watching no. this happen. You're like, well, how do we get no. this done? No. Well, that's why no. and I think, that West Side attitude comes in, and you can you know. hello, right, and right all day, and also too, and I say this to to everybody: your best resource to invest in are your relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, if if you are ride or die for your friends, your collaborators, your colleagues, out of just pure wanting to support them, it's amazing how much you could get. You could get that in spades, and also too production value doesn't have to have a dollar amount on it. Right. So you can get incredible production value by pulling in a favor. And that's why I say this all the time. Never judge a project on its budget. Right, right. Yeah. Because there could be favors in kind. There's, so, there's, so things like things of that nature, or you could get somebody who's amazing um, that will work because of the alliances. Sure. Well under rate. Right. So that's another way that I've been helpful as a producer. Well, I wonder if uh, what, you, what you said before about your advice to actors and performers and anybody coming into the position uh, to not think about uh, how this is going to help me, but how can I help you? Yeah, if that's, be, the, be the solution. Be the solution. If that's sort of the attitude you bring yep. as a producer when you're right. looking to get these resources. Right. 
It's like, how can I make this good for you? And then you'll help me out. Right, right, right. And if you are supportive to your friends and your colleagues and your collaborators, when you need something, they'll help you. So I got a DP who's the key DP for uh, the show All Rise out in L.A. She shot my doc. Ah, cool. And listen, and that union... That's the most expensive union to join. It's like $16,000. It's like, it's ridiculous. Right. So that that's on the basis of having a, a good, good relationship. loyal relationship. Right. So that, as of, I think that's one of my most valuable aspects is, is that the people that I have access to. So as a producer, yeah. what are the, what are the things um, uh, that you're, that you're proud of, you know, uh, uh, shuffling forward and, and and where did they go and give us some of the idea of some of the stuff you did where and where you got to see it up there and doing its thing wow because um, I saw you uh, did uh, were you involved in stuff you've been involved in a whole bunch of stuff that went to Sundance and things like that like short films and films. yeah I would say the one uh, yeah that was, that's the one that was coming to okay. mind so there's one filmmaker that was involved with uh, all five films that I've had end up at Sundance. Wow. So he was either director or producer. Mm. So uh, th- that would probably be the, the most the most proud where we're under insane conditions. We had no business making any of these movies <laughs> and that to see that it got it got that far. And then also and this kind of uh, bleeds into the casting side when you just recognize that magic of that person and then you see over the years that they blow up all right so talk about who is there a specific we're talking about here there's a there's 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 a bunch and then there's a bunch that i think are going to blow up and they're in things that i've worked on recently that aren't out that you know whether they're in post or whatever they're not out right yet i would say um i can think of three people so uh one person is a young actor named Corin Tuggles, who has a nice role in uh, the forty-year-old version, <laughs> and has a nice role in John Leguizamo's uh, *Critical Thinking*. And he's uh, probably in his late twenties now, but I think I've known him since he was in high school, <laughs> and I was always pushing for him, pushing for him, pushing for him. And I did cast him in this lovely. Um, short film and it was like his first his first lead and maybe that was like about four about four years ago and now he has an official instagram and now he's you know hanging out with so, john Leguizamo, and now he's all about this so all about what that was it then what was it in that casting director's eye that what was it i it's just that 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 instinct i, I go for the unconventional so I don't go for like, oh, you were born beautiful, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> good right. for you. Uh, I go for the soul. I go for uh, a vulnerability, mm-hmm. uh, an approach to the material. I go for your prepared actor, your lovely person. Right. You get how this works. Right. So it's a combination of different of different factors. I think he he's a good example. Um, I cast Melissa Leo in her last bad indie movie. Wow! And I remember the director who wanted to do a sequel. He's like, "Get Melissa." I'm like, 
you're not we're not gonna get we're not we're not gonna get <laughs> melissa you were you were lucky right. that was right before i think it was a frozen river wow right it was right it was right before that went to sundance that that we we got her for for this other film and so this delusional director was like hey, melissa i'm like yeah we're that not gonna sh- get her that ship's and on. and she was really lovely because uh, she replied back to an email I did, I did not want to send, but right. you know. And she said, I have been waiting 30 years for this day. Right. You know, good luck. That I'm like, I told you, but okay. Yeah. Um, another one would be uh, Ann Dowd. Ah, who was a dear friend and we met in the playground. Uh, <laughs> we're neighbors in Chelsea. That's and great. yeah. And I cast her in the same film with Melissa Leo, same wow. movie, bad film, great cast. Right, sure. Yeah. Two amazing And actors. it was the first time she played an adversary. Meanwhile, now she's a star because she's playing Aunt Lydia. Right. She was always the mom, Natalie right. Portman's mom in Garden State, whatever, right, whatever. Right, right. right. And I remember one night we're hanging out. And she was kind of, you know, depressed about the business. And I said, bitch, you are going to get nominated for something. Okay. So then 12 years later, wow, she gets nominated for the Emmy and the Golden Globe. Right. Was and then it, she got the Critics' Choice. Was it Handmaid's Tale or Leftovers? What was the... Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, yeah. Because she was great in the yeah, Leftovers, too. Oh, because, nice. hello. Right. <laughs> right. They used to call her on set for the Leftovers. They used to, they used to call her um, Brando. <laughs> that was her nickname. Anyway, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I called her. I said, "What I tell you in the playground?" Yeah, you know, thing. it's funny, Brett. Brett, I was talking to the other day when we were setting. When I was saying right. I'm going to contact you, and we were talking about because I'm looking to do this uh, thing too, and we were talking about different names. And we talked about Anne Dowd, and it's like you know she always gets this sort of like you know Margot Martindale kind of thing. But if you look at Anne Dowd, she's it's she's. She should be getting more glamorous roles than exactly. She, you know what I mean? no, exactly. No, she. But she loves. It's like the uglier. Yeah, right. The, the character part. Right. She is so into. She is so into that. Great actress. And what she has an incredible career, and I'm so happy for her that she's getting the recognition that she, you know, she should have had 30 years ago. That's she's, so awesome. She's uh, and, and not uh, and the nicest. Per- you can't believe that that's Aunt Lydia. Like and, the nicest. And person. for you who has already told us that the supporting someone's vision, career, whatever, and that's got to be the cake, right? Oh, it's the joy. You know, it's, like, it's, why, <sighs> it's why I'm still in this, right. still, I'm still, why I'm still in the mob. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's right. so cool. It, that's the drug. That's the heroin. It, 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 that, that gratification is everything. And it doesn't even have to be through casting. If I'm private coaching somebody, right. And they get a call back or they, but now I'm not going to take the credit, you know, but to, but if they acknowledge me in some way, then that is a similar feeling of, okay, I supported somebody in manifesting this goal. All right. Now to be a stupid white man for a second, I, I wonder, I'm going to, I can't, it's part of my DNA and Italian too. So I'm kind of stupid. Let's do not anyway. So, uh, because I, and I mentioned this with Brett, I think a huge percentage of casting directors uh, are are female. You know, over the course of time. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch. A, yeah, I think probably lot. more female than male. I a guess lot. it's the one part of the business. I think that it always seemed to me, anyway, that it was more it's female interesting. than male. And I never I, thought about that. And I wonder if your inherent—and again, this is my stupidness—uh, 
sort of wanting to wanting to support and want if that's a if that's a female quality that's that, that, no because there's a lot of bitches out there they they don't care <laughs> <laughs> nah. that's awesome no, that's no, awesome no no there's a lot of, no they just they, they it, it's a, a cute shit. gig it looks good they can talk about it you know with their pumpkin spice latte after they go to a black lives matter matter march i don't give a shit nah, i don't know Okay. All right. Forget that. No, nah, I don't think it's a gender. Th- I don't think it's a it's a it's a gender thing at all. It's funny. I was on the phone with a director. No, it's true. I was on the phone with a director friend of mine, and and we've been in the trenches. Um, a film that I'm helping him with has been in post for way too long, but whatever. <laughs> we're 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 trying to trying to get it all done here. And I said, man, I'm gonna be like some artist. Some East Village artists, you know, from the 80s on Avenue D, you know, I made art with crack vials and they found it after I'm dead. And I'm going to like with casting, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, she was really she was a pioneer. (laughs) Right. But I'm going to be dead. So who cares? Yeah, it'll be a it'll be an Amazon doc that nobody nobody watches. It's like, who was she? Oh, 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 yeah. She didn't use she. Oh, reflective cast. Oh, that she came up with that. Right. That's where we 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 trace that term and we found you. Yeah, there we go. Right. So we so we we joke about that. Just uh, I'm like, okay. So talk about uh talk about the doc that you're that you're that's yours. Uh Yes, thank you. So um it follows a And what's uh, the what's the title again? It's called And Scene, and but S E S E E N as opposed to And Scene. Right, right. But it's a play it's a play on that actor thing because so many people with disabilities aren't really seen right. because of that again my earlier point of we feel it's contagious so we're going to back sure. off. So there's a there's a repellent unless you have a direct experience and therefore the compassion the empathy and the and, and the understanding. Right. So it's kind of akin to race. And you know and how how long did it how long did it take you to shoot this thing? Five, five, five years wow. during a very challenging period of time in her life and in my life, wow. which is crazy. She almost died, and uh, and my, my life was just a completely turned um, upside upside down uh, during that time. But I wanted to to honor my word, and I wanted to finish what I started. And she is an incredible performer. Her name is Jamie Patrone. She's an incredible performer. Um, amazing for musical theater, but but for, for everything else. And it just shows her and other performers with disabilities, she's not the only right. one, how they navigate casting, how they navigate being on the street, how they navigate the healthcare system, how they navigate everything with a lot of humor uh, and with a lot of no one's on a pedestal. It's raw. It's mm. funny. And you're the producer of this picture. Uh, everything. What, uh, one who's producer the, wrote it, directed, and then had right. a great collabor- great collaborators. Okay, and you were saying that the the DP who was uh, doing you the the solid there. Right. How did that work? All, all that time we met. Before, like, did... we met as like some women of color <laughs> symposium? I don't even know what the hell it was. Right. We we, were, we just oh, and I was so impressed with her because she was the first black female to graduate. NYU with the master's in cinematography. No kidding. She was the first one. I said, bitch, you're a unicorn. So we became really, we became wow. really good friends. And I said, we, we, we need to work together. And when I knew so I needed somebody. So was it sort somebody, of like back and forth by coastal thing? Like how did you manage this? Over well, the- no, she was, 
didn't she it was before she it was okay. before she went to it was before she went to LA. So she so she was here and I don't even know how many uh I couldn't even do how many shooting days mm. we had. I mean so much about making a dunk is in the production side of it, yes. in the prep side, in all the admin side of it. Yeah. But yeah, I got her when she was available. And then I had a I had two other shooters when she wasn't around. So right. I had her covered when she wasn't around, but she shot like 85% of the film. Yeah, I've 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 done uh, a documentary as a producer and cinematographer actually. I shot the thing and wow. it's a whole other world. It's a whole other thing to It's a whole other and it. I'm so glad I did it. I don't know yeah. if I have another one in me. <laughs> and 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 I honored we we won a, a a couple of awards and then we got on a um panel with the filmmaker who did um Invalid Core that I mentioned earlier mm. and then with uh one of the co-directors of Crip Camp. Mm. Now, what's interesting, Crip Camp, I'll be shocked if it doesn't get nominated mm. um, for an Oscar. Please watch it. It's on Netflix. I got the audience uh, choice Camp. for Sundance 2020, Crip Camp, C-R-I-P. Mm-hmm. And James Lebrecht is also an amazing uh, sound mixer. He uh, is in Berkeley, and his company is called Berkeley Sound Artists. Mm. And I love this business because there's only 10 people in it. <laughs> he mixed the sound for Advantageous. Okay. And he and I met at a symposium at the Kennedy Center in... 2010 when it was the 20th anniversary of the ADA and I was mm. a speaker on it so so we reconnected by being on this panel with Crip Camp and then what's great is that he knew about my doc obviously and so we're talking about perhaps collaborating together so th- again the power of alliances yeah absolutely yeah so so well, that's how we're navigating right. this all right so you talk I got a little bit I got a couple of minutes left with you so I want to I want to get you out yep but when you got to get out, but uh, yep. you said about, you just said, I don't know if I got another one in me. What do you have in you? What, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what's the thing? Is there oh. a project on the table right now, even without giving stuff away? Or is there something, do you want, do you want to go back and direct in a theater or film? Like, do you want to do that? Stuff yeah, I, I would be very, I would be very open to it. There's um, two projects that are, percolating both originating out of LA both with two different women that I've known for many years and that we completely trust each other implicitly 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 one is a can't speak one is a a a series and that's that's being written and I'm kind of helping with that and one is a feature um, in development so I think though I'm excited about those two things if I am approached to direct I would certainly consider it mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I have another documentary in me because right. I know that's a long in a kidney mm-hmm. you know yes, uh, and a broken ovary so I don't know if I want to do that <laughs> but <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know where that came from I'm guessing I'm guessing whatever these whether it's the series the feature or anything that's given to you or, or handed to you if it has that transformational quality you're looking for it's oh yeah be, uh, be I mean, I'll, i'm all over it so yeah I, i'm just about c- collaborating with great people uh that know how to write right yeah that that excites me to no end right um so just to wrap up a little bit mm-hmm. let's talk about because the other major thrust of your life and your and and what you've done uh in your life and for your business you're, you've really been a, a a pioneer in this part of the business. Now the world is sort of 
the arc of history, as it were, is, is sort of bending towards where you were bending it earlier. What do you think of it now? What do you think of from the Weinsteins to the blah, blahs to the, everything that's shifting? How do you perceive what's happening? Well, I'm going to try not to be too jaded about it because I, th- I think. <laughs> well, you're from New York, I, so it's. I, I, it's kind of part of like, you know, who we are. I'm, I'm encouraged that people feel a little more accountable or they're going to be a little more mindful about how they're going to um, put out their projects, present their projects, or how they're going to navigate within the industry because there's a lot of policing going on, but there's a fine line between policing and censorship yes. or or what's the what's the point of all of it. Um, I also think, but I, I think it's unavoidable that it, there's like now this woke culture. I hate the word woke. I think it's bullshit. I do too. I think it's such bullshit. Um, I, I'm like, why is it special now? Uh, yeah, because it's trending. Right. So that's that's why, you know, I came up very emphatically with the term reflective casting because I think it just strips it down to let's just think about why this is even a thing. Well, you know, it, what's interesting about that term is it doesn't, it's not forcing a narrative. It's not forcing an agenda on an anybody. An agenda, yeah. It's not, it's right. not like, it's like, uh, it's it, reflective casting, to me, it's the mirror up to nature. It's Shakespeare, you know. It's, That's right. That's but, right. But, right. Uh, you know, there's a there's another wave of... Well, you know, now, now the white guys are just going to be the bad guys and the morons. You know, that's we're just going to swing it that way for a while. Right. And we're going to, you know, even what the Oscars did and all that. Stuff, it's it's a it's right. like, are you telling the artist what to do? Now right. Or, and I don't know if that's the best way to go. Well, that's why I like reflective, because we, we all have to take an individual responsibility. Right. And I understand where you need the directives it's the same way we need traffic lights. Right, right. It's, you know, basically we need traffic lights. Right. And then if you're going to jaywalk, okay, don't get hit. You know, <laughs> right. you can spend the rest of your life jaywalking. You're good. I'm, you know, I master it, but if you go to LA, they're going to give you a ticket. So be careful <laughs> right. where you're doing the jaywalking. <laughs> That's great. So I think it's up to, it's really up to the individual, but I see the need for the infrastructure because otherwise, look, the inmates are already running the asylum. Yeah. But I think that there's a little more caution. There's a little more accountability. I don't think that's a that's that's a bad thing. No. And regardless of whether these directors are in place or not, it's still up to personal responsibility and what works for you. If you're even conscious of that, you're intelligent enough to to be in that place. What? Otherwise, you know, you're just going to uh, satisfy your immediate needs and appetites and keep it moving. Right. And that's I hate to say it, that's most people. Right. Well, I'll tell you, right. it's, it's like I said to, to you personally before, it, because it's, you know, and, I, and again, I, I'm not a big fan of the super woke, super okay. far that way culture, but it, because it does, it did have an impact, it yeah. seeps into kind of, it served a purpose, you know, it's trickle down economics, you know, it gets in and now I'm right. thinking about things differently. And it's the same idea. I spoke with a friend of mine who's a screenwriter on one of these podcasts and right. it's like, and a female screenwriter. And it's like, right. yeah, you needed more of us in the room because it's not, and it's not because the guys didn't want us there. It's like, they didn't get the jokes unless like, this right. is a, this joke works. Trust us. We know right? you wouldn't know just 
Right. So just the awareness, I think, is It's important. a POV thing. So we have to understand that the, there's, there's more than one POV going. There's more than your own. <laughs> right. Right. You know? So what do you think, uh, um, what, what's, what, what's your advice? First of all, you, you still love casting? You're still doing it and loving it? Oh, yeah. Listen, I can't. I've been asked to go on board as a producer, but with another casting person, I'm like, I can't. It, it would hurt too much. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's, you yeah. got to be doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love it. So what's the advice to the... Uh, I mean, you already gave it earlier, but if if, the, if you can expand on it to the young performer out there, or the or the old performer who who's who's out there pounding the pavement and, and doing the thing and 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 trying to first of all, one thing I didn't get in with you, and I'll get in with you just for a couple of minutes, real sure. quick, is did you did you do the scouting like the actors connection and one on one and show? Oh yeah, like you did all that. You do all that stuff too, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very picky. I don't do it with everybody. Right. But I'll I'll do it with Actors Connection because I used to that used to be one of my casting homes. I, that's where Brett and I would hang out all the time. So it's like a family type of thing. But there's a couple other places I I, I won't do it with. But there's a there's a couple, not and many. For, and for folks who don't know, uh, in New York, Actors Connection is sort of like a pay for play, like where an actor pays their thirty bucks or whatever it is, and they go in on a certain night and get to sit down with casting. Yeah, have a workshop. Have a workshop. Like, yeah, and I like to really give a little more than just oh, nice work. Like I really like to demystify the industry. Right. I always liked one on one for that back in the day because it was like yeah. I get my fifteen minutes to sit with somebody and, and right. talk to them, and, and I thought that was neat. And yeah, they, they had something like that in L.A., but then somebody fucked up that business out there. Yeah, well, it was well somebody was so casting for. I know exactly who you're talking. They were double dipping. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like pay to audition for my project <laughs> right. and pay. It's, it was they were don't double dip. Yeah. It's not a good look. All right. So that's how, so, and that, and so do you still find talent the same way? Like, do you still find new talent the same way? Yes. Yeah. So, so from that kind of stuff. Conventional, conventional ways. If I'm teaching a class, if I'm doing a workshop, if, uh, I, again, I mean, I'm so, I'm like a junkie. I'm like, the, there's no methadone clinic for not being able to go to the theater. Right. And I used to go like two, three times a week. Oh, uh, this must be you killing know? you then, this whole virus thing, man. I'm losing my mind oh. because uh, as you don't tell me it's a play on Zoom. <laughs> that that no. doesn't work. I'm sorry. I, I, it's not working for me. Right. So that was a constant way okay. where I could be, you know, in a basement on Avenue D or I can be in a Broadway theater and, every, right. and anything else in between right. where uh, that would, that would, that was always a way for and me you're to, sitting there with your casting director mind and eyes and something always. magical just goes, Ooh, Ooh, what's, yeah. what's that guy? Doing? And then, what's and then, and then seeing comparable projects, mm. uh, you know, uh, doing, doing my research right. that way, um, which is, is more the case these days because I can't go to the theater. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. So wrapping it up then. So what do you yeah. tell those performers? You know, the ones who are, who are trying to get in front of that cast because you're the doorway, you know, to the yeah. project. Well, I, I would say a couple, couple real quick things. Um, really cultivate your alliances. Don't try to get something from somebody. <laughs> uh, don't, I don't like the word network unless it's TV. You know, it's like cultivate your alliances. Uh, know that you are fully formed person okay mm -hmm. we're all we're all the same i'm not breathing special air okay we're we're all the same also the reason why you think you're going to get an attitude from somebody because there's a lot of people in this business with attitude i'll tell you the main reason for that they're not slick enough to to uh, have their poker face on to let you know that they are worried about making a decision that's going to put their job on the line. Mm -hmm. Everybody's afraid of losing their job. Right. So you're going to get a lot of noncommittal 
uh, energy because nobody wants to – people be, are going to be very guarded. So it has nothing to do with you. Right. And if you feel that you really knocked out of the park and uh, you don't know why you cast it, it's probably the investor's cousin. Right, right. So there's so much that happens – it has so little to do with you. Right. Well, you know what's great is that there's such a lesson in that just for life. Right. Is the, the combining that with the thought of what can I do for you? What do you need that I don't need? And then to combine that with I'm going into a place where this person is terrified. How can I allay their fears? How can I be right. the solution, not the problem? And exactly. I think that's the, that's the lesson we come away with. Uh, that's and, the takeaway. And if you yep. take that out of your your, your performance life and you take that into your good life, your regular life, I think we'd all be better off anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> and I would just say, just to put a button on it, that, you know, if you look at auditioning as a genre unto itself, I think it's counterintuitive in your brain. Well, how can I perform this? I didn't get the job. So you, you're sort of vacillating. But if you look at this like, I am auditioning. That is its own acting style. And for this three to five minutes. Right. I own the room. Right, right. And this is my stage, and I'm going to act the hell out of this. That's awesome. Well, you definitely you definitely owned this room for the last <laughs> hour and 15 minutes. So, Liz, I totally appreciate you. Uh, oh, this was this. fun, Ross. Thank you. Uh, I really uh, appreciate you coming on, and um, uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch, and I'll say hi to Brett next time. I, I All right. Uh, we'll do. Thank yeah. you so much. Take care and stay safe in these streets. I certainly will, and I'll see you on the west side somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Right. Take care. So long. 